Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, Our Life in God's Church, preached February 26, 2012. Romans 12:15 and 16. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. We considered the nature of the church. And therefore, we want to consider the nature of the life we live in God's church. First, sympathy. Second, unity. Third, communion. Fourth, humility. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This apostolic command we can obey because we have a new divine nature. We have the life of God in the soul of man. And we have Holy Spirit permanently dwelling in us. Teaching us, guiding us, and empowering us. So it's a command we are quite able to do. What God commands, we are able to do by grace. We are living stones built into God's temple. We are children of God in God's family. We are members in the one body of Christ. All of us make one bride of Christ. We are branches vitally related to Christ We are a community. So we love one another and lay down our lives and possessions for one another. The unbeliever weeps when others are happy. The false Christian rejoices when others are weeping. Only a child of the heavenly father weeps when his brother or sister in Christ weeps and rejoices when a brother or sister rejoices because we are spiritually related. Why do some people weep at funerals and others not? Because the one who died is one's father or mother or son or daughter or brother or sister or husband or wife. Relationship is the reason for weeping and rejoicing. When your toe hits a stone, the whole body feels the pain. When your son achieved something in school or at work, the family members rejoice. 
So also when your brother or sister in Christ is blessed, the whole church rejoices. And when they suffer, the whole church suffers. Sympathy. We sympathize with our fellow believers. Jesus Christ, our high priest, is a sympathizing high priest. So we read in Hebrews 4 and verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, we also sympathize with our brothers and sisters. Hebrews 10 verse 34, you sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Hebrews 13 verse 3, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Peter says in 1 Peter 3 and verse 8. Finally all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love us brothers. Be compassionate and humble. 1 Corinthians 12.26 If one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And St. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 29, Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Sympathy, sir. Sympathy. Jesus himself said this, Matthew 25, 34 through 36. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And verse 40, then the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. Sympathy, sir. Peter was put in prison and the whole church was praying for him. Acts 12 and verse 5. Paul from prison asked the church to pray for him. Ephesians 6, 19. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make Known the mystery of the gospel. Paul raised money to support the poor in Jerusalem. 
believers in Jerusalem sold their land and other possessions to feed and clothe their poor brothers and sisters. So also in this church, we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Weeping, friends, is a part of this present life. Yet thank God we do not weep every day. There are days of rejoicing also. So we read recently in Psalm 30, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. In the same psalm we read, you turn my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. There was not only the death of Jesus Christ. It was followed by his glorious resurrection. So we weep, but we also rejoice because... Jesus Christ is risen and he lives forevermore. So we rejoice in the Lord, Paul says, even in tribulations also. Second is unity. We read, live in harmony with one another. That is, we are to think the same thing toward one another. We read in the book of Acts several times that the church continued in one accord, homo tumadon, with one mind and one purpose in one place. When the Holy Spirit fills each believer, he lives in unity with every other believer. We have the mind of Christ and the purpose of Christ we pursue. We do not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We think realistically. We clothe ourselves with humility. So we make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There cannot be any division in God's holy church. Because of seven unities that characterize Christ's church. One body, one Holy Spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all his children, who is over all and through all and in all. It's impossible, sir, for God's people not to be united. There are no hypocrites in Christ's holy church. There are hypocrites in the visible church. But they are false brothers who seek their own interests. And so we read in Psalm 133 how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity... And the last line says, 
for there the Lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore. Friends, it's a great sin to destroy the unity of the church. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you. That you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple by division, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Let me tell you, sir, if you cause division in the church, then you will be destroyed by the Lord and head of the church. It's a severe and serious matter. Romans 15, 5 and 6, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Philippians 1.27 Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 2. Then make my joy complete being like-minded. Having the same love being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. And vain conceit. But in humility consider others better than yourselves. And I know the person who causes division is a false brother and he has selfish ambition and God will destroy that person as we read. Philippians 4 verse 2, I plead with you, dear, and I plead with Syntagate to agree with each other in the Lord. When one's mind is controlled by flesh, there is self-seeking and disunity. When our mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit, such a mind is set on what the Holy Spirit desires and what the Holy Scriptures direct. Paul says in Romans 8 that the Spirit-controlled mind is life and peace. Such a mind submits to God. Such a person pleases God. The church where the scripture is preached and where the Holy Spirit rules 
is the place of spiritual harmony and unity. Number three, communion. Be willing to associate with people of low position. If we are one temple of God, one bride of Christ, one family of God, one body of Christ, and united to one vine, Jesus Christ, as branches, then there cannot be any class distinction in the church. No exclusivism. No Brahmin and Pariah distinction. No high church and low church. No church for the rich and a church for the poor. No color guards at the door to keep away low class people. Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners and social outcasts. So we read in Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus himself said in Matthew eleven nineteen, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus instructs us in Luke 14, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And Jesus said in Matthew 11:29 and 30, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The church of Jesus Christ receives all who repent and believe in Jesus Christ as brothers and sisters without sinful discrimination. Each one is given the gift of grace for the building up of God's holy church. Rich and poor, Jews and Gentiles, masters and slaves, If you do not associate with the lowly, you are impoverished. Paul says in Galatians 3, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek slave nor free male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. Rich and poor, master and slave. Ephesians 4, 7, But to each one of us grace has been given us Christ apportioned it. And if you don't like to fellowship with the people of low position, consider who were you when God called you to salvation. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. 
not many of you were wise by human standards not many were influential not many were of noble birth but god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not zeros to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him in the church every believer has been made by Christ and in Christ king and priest he has made us all sons of glory therefore we respect all people of god and fellowship with all of them when i was 9 years of age when there was the outpouring of the spirit in southern india revival was going on and i remember still going with pastor my father and others to a paraya's hut where we never would have stepped in before but the holy spirit destroyed all distinctions we went and sat on the floor and we prayed and worshiped to god and then they cooked something and we ate it as saint peter ate at cornelius's house all distinctions are gone when the spirit of god is poured out finally humility proud people are those who do not see god they do not read the bible you cannot remain proud if you see god isaiah saw god and he cried out woe unto me i am undone Saint John saw Christ and fell down at his feet as though dead. Saul of Tarsus saw the glorified Christ he fell to the ground confused and blinded. Friends a vision of God makes God's people humble. God gives grace to the humble. The proud see themselves based on their own standard. the humble see themselves in the mirror of god's standard the holy scripture pride is the nature of the devil himself the proud is an idiot one who refuses to listen to god he is a fool who says in his heart there is no god every unbeliever in jesus christ in the view of the bible is an idiot and a fool and he is a narcissist he loves himself and worships himself but we believe in god and worship the true and living god who has given us eternal life and opened our blind eyes proud people are wise in their own eyes pride made the devil the devil may god help us to see god and be humble proud people are wise in their own eyes they are independent and self sufficient they don't need god pride is the biggest enemy 
of unity in God's church. We read in Romans 1 verse 28, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Proverbs 3 verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Galatians 6 3, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. They are fools. And Acts 26, verse 9, my translation, St. Paul is saying, I indeed consulted with myself that I ought to do many things against the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He consulted with what, sir? Himself. First Corinthians 3, do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. So, how do we live in God's church? We live clothed with humility, which is the mark of a God-fearing child of God. So Paul says in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself in nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of a cross. And in our magic ceremony, we speak about the way of the cross is the way of life. The church of Jesus Christ does not consist of independent individuals. Jesus Christ builds the church with the living stones of people born of God and indwelt by the Holy Spirit and regulated by the gospel. The church is the family of God, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the temple of God. The people who are in Christ as branches are united to the vine. So there is, friends, a vital relationship to the triune God and all true believers everywhere in the world. Therefore, we love God with all our heart and the household of God as ourselves. Those who leaves the one holy, universal, and apostolic church 
leaves because he is not a part of the family of God, the body of Christ. If you belong to the family of God by God's miraculous action, then you live to practice the biblical ethic. You persevere to the end by divine grace. You will rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You will think soberly and biblically and live in unity with God's people. And you will associate with those who are of low position because they are your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You will not live by your own standard. You will not consult with yourself. You will not be proud and a fool and a narcissist. You will live in the light of the gospel in humility and full of grace because we are followers of the one who said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The one who said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father. We pray that your Holy Spirit may fall upon us afresh and help us to think biblically and help us to sympathize, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep those who weep. Help us to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Help us, O Lord, to love and fellowship with all God's people, rich or poor, master or slave, Jew or Gentile. Above all, help us, O Lord, not to be proud, but help us to see God by faith and be humbled by that sight. Help us to consider who we were when you called us we were nothing but you made us something you sent your son to bring many sons to glory you made us sons and daughters of the heavenly father you caused us to be united with your son Jesus Christ it is his life that we live Therefore, O Lord, help us to be transformed by the gospel. Let there be peace in the church. Let there be peace in the home. In the days ahead, help us to be blessed with the peace of God that passes all human understanding. Lord, help us to appreciate one another. Help us, O Lord, to love one another. Even as Jesus Christ loved us. 
to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters not only in theory but in truth in practice